Hey, it's great to be with you. If you're new, uh, we're in a study going through the book of Ephesians. Uh, so we'll be in chapter 3 today. Uh, my name's Ryan. I am one of the pastors here. So as I said, I've uh, been here since day one, which I can't believe. Uh, it'll be eight years uh, Easter. Uh, I help out with communities, with youth, and then you see me up here sometimes helping out with music. Uh, my wife, Laura, was here at the 9 a.m. gathering. We've been married for just a little over 11 years. Uh, and then we have two daughters, uh, Eleonora, six, and Lily, four, and maybe you've seen them running around here as well. Uh, and then another kind of cool piece, um, maybe you don't know this, but uh, my parents are actually part of the church too, which is really cool. They usually come to the, to the nine, uh, Mike and Karen. So uh, if you don't have a Bible yet, I think we, did we do Bibles already? Uh, great. Uh, we're also going to hand out, um, this is our uh, sixth week of the community group discussion guide. So they're going to um, have some friends are going to come down and hand those guides out. Uh, this is just a tool for you to grow in relationship with one another and grow in your walk with Jesus. So whether you're in a community or not, um, you can use this. It'll be sort of an it's extension of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, as you saw from the video, Jose and Brandon are um, over uh, in um, uh, Scotland and Ireland. Uh, they're at a church called Rehope. There's two churches there. Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar, most of you probably are aware that we're actually part of a network called the A Jesus Church Network. Uh, and so it's a really great segue actually for today as we talk about the church because you have Jose and Brandon over across the ocean uh, getting a chance to see the work that God's doing uh, there. Um, and so uh, what a cool picture. We see it here locally, right? We get to experience what God's doing here locally. But uh, through the network, getting a taste of how God's uh, working around the world is actually really cool. Um, so let's go ahead and um, look at the uh, passage for today. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, we will be in verses 7 through 13. Uh, so open your Bibles, let me know when you get there. Give you a few minutes, a few seconds. All right, I'll read it for us. Uh, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Let's pray really quick. Father, we thank you for your grace, we thank you that we can approach you, draw near to you with confidence. We thank you for the scriptures, for your word. And we thank you that you created the church. You who created all things also created this concept of the church, this expression of your love. And so we're grateful that we get to take part in it. 
I ask now, Lord, that you would come, your spirit would come and speak this morning. That you, this message that you've laid on my heart, this message that has been crafted by our elder team, Lord, would you use it? It's your spirit who's at work. We just pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, just a quick recap. Last week, Jose took us through uh, the first six verses of this chapter. Um, and it was so funny watching him, like the preacher in him like could not contain himself. He was like trying, at least I saw it because I'm a close friend, but with everything in him, like not to, you know, push forward in uh, verse 7 through 13. And he was really just, you know, trying to do me a favor to, to uh, preach on the, the meat of the passage. Um, I think, in fact, in one of the gatherings, he's like, all right, we're going to go for six hours. And so I thought, well, we'll just go for five hours today, right? No, we're going to be, it's going to be like 30 minutes max. <laughs> um, but alluding to today's text, Jose made this really key point, right? The church is God's way of helping the world understand the mystery. Uh, and just like I said, with the network, how cool is that? You know, we get to be a part of uh, God revealing the mystery here in the Hillsborough area, the, the 26 West Corridor. But through the network, you know, we have churches um, in Bend, uh, in San Diego, in Spokane, in Raleigh, North Carolina, over in Scotland, in uh, Ireland. I mean, it's so cool that as through the network, we get to see a picture of what God's doing as well globally. It's a really cool thing that we get to take part in. Um, we also talked about the mystery and revelation, right? The mystery, something, uh, we defined it as something previously hidden but now made known. And it's clear from verse 6, Paul says what the mystery is, right? Through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. And the revelation which we defined as causing something to be fully known or brought into the light. If you actually worked through the community group discussion guide this week, uh, you would have saw this moment when Paul, when it was revealed to him, when he received that revelation in Acts 9. Uh, if you're not familiar with the story, it's a really great one to go back to, um, to get a, an idea of where Paul's coming from, what his background was. And then looking forward, now he's writing Ephesians 25 years later as he's lived out some of that. Uh, and if so, a good way to start throughout uh, our, Ephesian, our study of Ephesians, we've often taken the time to summarize the passage into one sentence. It kind of helps us get the crux of what Paul is saying. And I think if we take last week's text, verses 1 through 6, and then today's, 7 through 13, uh, we could summarize it like this. The church is God's family called to live out and share this new life in Jesus. The church is God's family called to live out and share this new life in Jesus. So, how does this work? In verse 7, Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. The gift of God's grace. Saul, who later becomes Paul, he was aggressively persecuting the church. The first line of Acts 9 opens up with this. <laughs> Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. You see, Paul was on this dead-end road. Uh, it says in that passage, he was on his way to see the high priest to ask uh, for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might make, take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. 
Sure, he was on the road to Damascus, right? But in his life, he was heading down a dead-end road, and it's here where Jesus intersects his story. Now, we all have a story, each and every one of us. And most of us in this room probably have that story where Jesus intersected us, intersected our story of brokenness and started to lead us into wholeness. And so like Paul, uh, I too was on a dead-end road. Thank goodness I wasn't persecuting Christians. (laughs) Um, But up until about age 23, I was definitely off track. Um, I accepted Jesus at age 10, uh, but I really struggled to follow Jesus in my teens and early 20s, just sucked into the lusts of the world. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, and my mom was here earlier, I said, and through all your praying for years and years and years, (laughs) um, this novel concept popped into my head. I'd rather marry a girl I meet at church than in a bar. (laughs) And I swore, yes, Marge, she said. (laughs) It, uh, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy, right? It's like this Hallmark movie plot, but it totally worked. Um, you know, for me, it led to this very Paul-like moment, uh, this, this encounter that I had with Jesus. Uh, a coworker had invited me to a church called Solid Rock. Uh, now you would know it as West Side of Jesus Church. It's actually the church that planted us um, just a little over seven years ago. Uh, and I went off and on for the, about a year, but I really wasn't committed. Um, I, I wasn't there. I, I hadn't given up, you know, life yet. Um, the old life. Uh, But about a year later, I was really starting to make headway in a musical career. That was really my heart's desire at this time. Uh, I had recorded an album. Uh, My band was starting to have conversations with a label. And then there was this pivotal moment. I got to play um, on this nationwide tour called the Warp Tour. Most of you maybe haven't heard of it, but it's like this punk rock tour that I dreamed about playing at. I, I went to it growing up, and uh, my band won this contest to play Portland's Stop on the Warp Tour. And I remember really vividly being up on the stage, like, "Wow, this is it! Like, you know, I've accomplished my dream." And, and I can tell you right now, I, I can picture that moment and the feeling that's just going through, like wow, this is it, you know, like, I, I thought it was going to be so much more fulfilling than this, uh, and so I walked away that week just kind of, you know, wrestling with, I don't know, a little bit of depression, um, in reality, I was probably being a bit dramatic, <laughs> uh, but I was reminded of God's word, I was reminded that God is there through life's ups and downs, and then at the prompting of this really sweet elderly neighbor lady, Um, She actually still lives in my parents' neighborhood. She's like 91, I think now, and just oozes Jesus. Um, And she kind of looked at me and she said, you know, like, you're depressed. You should read the book of Job. And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, (laughs) the book of Job, like, whatever, you know. And I kind of brushed it off. But then I thought, no, you know what, she's right. I, I, I need to get back into God's word. And so I start reading Job, and I'm like, well, man, his story is definitely worse than mine. He just about lost it all. Um, but what it did was it just stirred me up. It, it made me realize, you know what, I need to get back to that church. I think, I think there's something for me there. And so literally, I played the concert on Sunday. This woman, we have a conversation, I don't know what day it was, but it's during that week. And then the next Sunday I go. 
And I show up and uh, uh, Solid Rock, or at the time, uh, they're about three weeks into um, a study on the book of Philippians. And the pastor gets up and he goes, hey, you know, welcome everyone. Today we're going to take a break from Philippians and I'm going to preach a message from the book of Job. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I kind of laughed too, but, I, but I, this is what I felt. I... I really felt in that instance that I heard God lean in and say, Ryan, this is where I want you. These people are your church, your community, your family. They will help you grow in your walk with me. So I said yes to Jesus years before that, but it was in that moment where I really encountered Jesus and really felt him say, this is where the road changes. And that was over 13 years ago today. And I am just amazed at all that God's done in my life as I've done my best to stay faithful to him. And yes, I got the girl. <laughs> uh, I married an amazing godly woman that I met there, uh, which is a really cool part of my story. Uh, Paul goes on, verse 8, he says, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. Now, some scholars uh, have pondered whether Paul was being a bit over the top here, right? Like, how can he say this? But there's others that really think um, it's a genuine sense of humility. And I would agree with the latter. Um, Paul knew his story. He recognized that it was, as he says, the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And I totally get where Paul is coming from. I get to be up here today. But you know what? Uh, I'm the least of all these of these pastors that we have at this church, we have an amazing pastoral team that are my brothers and some of my best friends. We have an incredible staff that just loves to serve you and work for you and take care of you. We have elders that got me so prepared for today. I felt so encouraged and so supported. We have leaders and you, this, this family of people. What we have at 26 West is truly a gift. And I continue to learn and grow so much, and I'm extended so much grace. So I get how Paul can say that. He's the least of the, the work that God's doing in that time, and it's the same today, right? It's the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Now, it's worth pointing out that Paul's use of grace here is different than what we're used to. Uh, we typically limit grace to the gift of God's salvation, but this passage actually forces us to realize that grace is also the gift to love and serve others. Grace is also the gift to love and serve others. Paul says he was given a responsibility for the administration of grace. He became a servant by grace through the working of God's power and was given grace to preach to the Gentiles. Now Paul's calling is different than ours. He was commissioned as an apostle. His, his grace was to share the gospel with the Gentiles. Our grace is going to look a lot different than that, right? Um, I, I really loved uh, one commentator described it this way. It's the free flow of grace from God through us to other people. I had um, Pat Edmonds. I don't know if you guys know him, but he came up to me after uh, the 9 a.m. Uh, he works for PGE, and he goes, uh, Ryan, uh, my job at PGE is I'm a conduit inspector. 
he inspects whether the energy is flowing through the conduit and getting to where it's supposed to go. That's this picture. I love that. We're conduits of God's grace. And sometimes maybe we need to be conduit inspectors of each other, <laughs> inspecting one another. It's the grace of God flowing through us to others. What a, what a cool picture, right? It's, and the easiest thing to do, the easiest place for us to start is simply by loving and serving those around us. It's where we live, it's where we work, where we go to school, where we do life. The gift of grace always comes as a task. Grace always brings responsibility. It's never just a privilege for us to enjoy. And this type of grace follows you throughout life because it originates in God. Some of you know that um, prior to my time here on staff, I actually worked at Nike. I was there for about six and a half years. Uh, I had a really, what I thought was an amazing career. Uh, I was working in philanthropy. And then I had um, a mentor and manager uh, who helped me get into uh, digital marketing. And I was working alongside some people there. It's like, th this was their dream job. This was, if you wanted to work in digital marketing anywhere in the world, Nike was like probably on the top of the list. And I'm sitting here going, how the heck did I get here? <laughs> this is unreal. Um, but there was this, you know, when I first got on campus, I really felt stirred by the Holy Spirit to help lead and connect uh, with other Jesus followers and figure out how we could best love and serve others on campus. And it's that same type of grace that I experienced there that I felt stirred up in there. You know, it's led to here. Now me and my family, we get to do it here. Uh, we get to love and serve you guys. And so that's a question for us, right? What's the grace that we've been extended? What's great is, as Paul talks about this, he goes on, together as the church, we're taking part in revealing God's power to turn brokenness into wholeness. He says in chapter 10, uh, sorry, verse 10, uh, his, God's intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. First, let's look at this, right? What's God's manifold wisdom here? Paul's already told us. It's, it's the mystery that we talked about in verse 6. It's the saving of Jew and Gentile into one body, the church. And it's this saving and this unifying that displays God's glory, both in the scene, right? We talked about this. It's the administration that Paul was doing, the setting up of the church. It's for people in the scene. Uh, in chapter 1, Paul uses that same phrase. We looked at heavenly realms, the unseen. Well, they're seen and unseen. The, the grace that we receive is revealed where we live, where we work, where we go to school. But Paul says here, this is huge, it's also received and seen in the heavenly realms or the unseen. That's like a huge role that the church plays. The rulers and authorities that uh, Paul is referring to here, it's simply the powers that are operating in the unseen. We recognize that there's powers operating there. So what Paul's trying to say is that the church uh, displays God's manifold wisdom even to those who oppose him. It's in the scene. It's on earth here amongst people that we interact with. It's also going on in the unseen. How cool is that? If you um, use the community group discussion guide this week, which I'd encourage you to, you don't have to be in a community to do this. Uh, if you're not, you can just, you know, grab someone, a friend, and work through this together. But there's this passage, we didn't have time to look at it today, but 
um, comes from John 17, and I think there's a lot of symmetry. I think it's the reason why Paul can say a lot of this stuff, actually. Um, here's the setup, right? John 17, Jesus has just uh, given the uh, disciples his final instructions. They've then gone to the garden, and um, Jesus is just overcome with what's next, right? The cross. So he gets down to pray. At first, he prays for himself. And he moves into this movement and prays for his disciples, these, these 12 guys. Unfortunately, Judas falls away, but the 11 that he knows are going to carry this message forward. He prays for them. And then in this final sort of uh, season of prayer, he actually prays for every single believer from now until eternity that will believe the message because of the disciples. And he prays this amazing um, idea around oneness. He says, God, just as you and I were one, I pray that they would be one. And when they become one, that's how your glory will be revealed. That's how they'll know that you sent me. (laughs) So that's the role we get to play. That's why Paul can say here it's according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Jesus is obedient to that call, goes to the cross, what God uh, intended in that, his plan to rescue a lost world, now is lived out in and through us. And when we do it in unity, that's the world gets to see it. Jesus says, love one another. That's how they'll know you're my disciples. And then Paul gives us this encouragement here. Uh, it's because of Christ's faithfulness that we can confidently draw near to God, right? The confidence that Paul speaks of in verse 12 It doesn't place the focus so much on human faith. That's there. But the faith that we have is because Jesus was faithful. God is doing something bigger than anything we see in our lives. He's revealing his manifold wisdom through his people, the church. This means we can speak of where we've come from, our faith, but we can also speak of what he has done in our lives. And yet we know there's an even greater work God is ultimately doing, even when we see suffering in our lives, instead of the victory we would expect God to reveal. Look at Paul. He is really the example. Uh, This final verse we'll look at for today. He's in prison saying, don't be discouraged. But it's because he recognizes, if we look back at the beginning of chapter 3, verse 1, he's not a prisoner of Rome. Who does he say he's a prisoner of? Who? Who? Christ Jesus. He's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Paul knows God will continue his work through the church to reveal his incredible plan in Jesus. And so our confidence, our freedom to approach God, to draw near to God, comes from Jesus being faithful. We have faith and we can have faith because Jesus was faithful. So how do we respond to this this morning? What's the response for us? Um, Two things. First, I think we have to ask ourselves this question, right? Where has God prepared and called you to love and serve others? Now, first, maybe you already know and you're already doing it, which is awesome. And to that, we just say, keep going. Um, But maybe you think you know and you just haven't taken the next step. I think this morning I would really encourage you, go for it. You know, what are you waiting for? Uh, 
in that moment, even when I was at Nike, I, I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't even know who to talk to, but I just trusted God, you're doing the work. Help me see, open the doors. Who am I supposed to talk to? Maybe you don't know yet your grace. You don't know who God's leading you to love and serve. And that's totally okay. But keep asking, keep seeking, keep praying. You know, what does Jesus say? He says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Don't give up. Secondly, which I think is also super encouraging, is we do it together. We don't have to do this alone. Right? Paul says it's through the church. It's through the church that God intends to display his glory to be to the whole universe, to people and unseen powers. And that's a big deal. It's a big deal that that's the role the church plays. We have to keep reminding ourselves that the church is not a meeting or a building. It's a people. People coming together, seeking unity. And unity, what does that look like? Love and joy and peace and encouragement. If Sunday is your only connection to the people of 26 West, I think you're missing out. And I would just encourage you that others might be missing out too. So here are five things that you can do. First, communities, right? Of course, they gave the community guy the community message. <laughs> no, it wasn't planned out that way. That's the spirit at work, right? Communities, if you're in one already, go deeper. Use the guide as a way to grow in your walk with Jesus and in your relationship with one another. Um, we're hearing amazing feedback on this, uh, that people are experiencing uh, and having some of the most meaningful conversations they've ever had in their group. It's so cool to hear. God's doing this. We didn't do this. God's doing the work. Um, and if you're not in the community yet, you know, we're going to start in January. We're going to open up a new way to register and check out communities. And so I really encourage you. I know it's still a ways off, uh, but we want to see more and more of you get connected with one another throughout the week. Or maybe you want to start your own. Just talk to me. <laughs> Uh, if you're new here, number two, second thing you can do, maybe you've never been to basics. Uh, we have a basics class coming up on January 26th. Uh, it's just a chance for you to learn more about who we are as a church, and we want to help you meet with you and help you get connected, all right? Uh, so if you, even if you've been here a year, we get people sometimes like, gosh, you know, I've been here like two years, but I've never been. Uh, come, we'd love to have you. That's an option. Maybe a third option is this morning you're just here and you're like, gosh, I just need prayer. Maybe it's prayer for direction on who to love and serve. Or maybe you're doing the work already and need more encouragement. Uh, right through this door as the music starts, the prayer room will be open. And there's people in there that just want to love and pray with you and for you. So just make your way over there. Uh, number four, you can get connected. You probably noticed now, uh, for the last few weeks, we've had this area in the back to get connected. We just really want to be intentional as a church 
to continue to foster this type of culture, right, of being connected. So after the gathering, I'll be back there. Another person from our staff will be back there. And we want to meet you. If we haven't met you yet, come say hello. If you have something to share or want to uh, figure out ways to get involved, to serve, uh, to, to join a community, come. We'd love to, to meet with you. And then the last piece, and this isn't just from me, but it's really from the whole staff. We just want to remind um, you as a church that as a staff team, we are totally accessible. The reason we're here throughout the week is to meet with you, is to love you and encourage you and serve you. And so if I haven't met you or there's someone on the team that you'd love to connect with, please reach out. Please don't think, oh man, they're, they're too busy uh, doing the work. Uh, that's not the case. We're here and we want to connect and, and meet with you and encourage you. Sound good? Let's pray, all right? Father, we thank you that it's because of your faithfulness, Jesus, that we can have faith, that we can approach you in freedom and confidence, that we can draw near to you. We thank you for that work. And we thank you for the church that you created. We thank you that we get to play a part in this, that we don't have to do this together. You give us the help of your spirit, but you give us the help of one another, your spirit in, in, uh, in others. As a father, I just pray this morning that your spirit would move now, that it would stir up the thoughts. That just like I experienced that day, sitting in the seat, hearing from you, Today, would you speak, Lord, what's, what's the one thing that we need to walk away with? What's the one encouragement? What's the one thing that you're saying? Would your spirit speak now?